0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Please, 2.30 service, take your seats, make yourself comfortable. Welcome. It's great to see you. Are we all doing well? Hallelujah. We're all looking forward to the launch for the new album this evening. 7 p.m. Promises to be a fantastic night. So let's all uh, look forward to that. This afternoon we're talking on and continuing our series on Integrity. Last week, Kemi spoke on integrity in the church, and tonight, this afternoon, I'll be speaking on integrity in our workplace. Integrity in our workplace. I would like to go a little bit deeper than just telling you not to steal the paper clips from your workplace, not to steal the post it notes, and fortunately, claim. Expenses that aren't ours to claim, I hope we go a little bit deeper in that and go to the point and the source of your power and strength of being a person of integrity, shining the light of Christ in your workplace. Integrity, what is it? One way of saying integrity, it is the consistency of inward beliefs and convictions with outward practice. It is an honesty and wholeness of personality in which one operates with a clear conscience in dealing with self and with others. The Latin root word for integrity is integra. It's meaning entire, whole, complete. It's meaning that our outward persona matches that of the inside. And I find that very important. Our outward persona matches the inside. That our actions... Complete our words. What's happening on the inside is resonating with the outside. But importantly for us as Christians, what is in and through the word of God, what is it according to the things of God, the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, that of which is inside us must wholly be complete and fully manifest on the external. One of the greatest criticisms I hear of Christianity is what a bunch of hypocrites we are. And I appreciate that's tough because we're all a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. But I think the main thing is just to be honest of where we are in life. We can never claim to have it all wrapped up. But we are a people earnestly trying and on a journey. Christianity is a journey. It's not a destination, isn't it? So we all try our hardest. But I think it's just to be open and transparent in our worlds. And I think that naturally will begin to align And minimizing those criticisms that we have of being hypocrites. The world knows better than us ourselves as Christians of how to live in the marketplace and how to live our lives. And they're continuously watching us. We are ambassadors of the living God in the marketplace. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we, at the very best we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, reflect the life of Christ. Not the life they necessarily think a Christian should be. But the life which is integral to the Word of God and what God has called us to be. I think the world system has some uh, crazy ideas of how a Christian should be at times, so we've got to stay integral to that as well of who we are and the truth of the gospel. Because His Word, is Spirit, it's life, it's truth, and we're to emulate that life of spirit and truth all around us. Amen? So surely as Christians, our actions must line up with the Word of God and the word line up with our actions. As he was saying there, there must be an entirety, there must be a wholeness, a wholeness where our spirit, soul, and body all come into unison and overlap to create a wholeness. At the center of where our spirit, soul, and body merge together, that creates that wholeness that it's speaking of. And when you hear us saying, with all my heart, it's that central point Where they all merge, which is our central heart. There, our actions line up with our word, our word line up with our actions, because we're in that wholeness and completeness. Sometimes you hear a man who's unfortunately, for example, um, um, beating his wife, and he says, "But I love my wife with all my heart." But you don't because you're not. You're doing what is not right. You're not doing it with all your heart. There's a misalignment there. If it was all your heart, if there was wholeness and integrity, your actions would follow suit to your inner desires. Amen? There's got to be integrity. Jesus, a life on earth and power, because he was a man of integrity. A man was God, Jesus, a man of integrity here on earth. And we'll look more deeply into that shortly. But before we look at this, let's look at the source of our ability to be men and women of integrity in our workplace. John 17, to 5 Here's Jesus' purpose that he's speaking of. He's just with his disciples having the last supper, the last meal before he was to be deceived and led into the crucifixion. And here he sat around and he's praying. He's interceding and he says these words Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself and with the glory which I have with you before the world was. Jesus' primary aim was to glorify his Father. Number one. Glorify our Father. One sole aim that we have in our life, in our journey, is to bring glory to the Father. Everything we do, say, must point to God, our Father. We are to bring glory to his name. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. I've done everything you've told me to do. I've walked the way I've walked. I've drawn the people that you call me to draw unto me. And now my time has come. Not my will to be done, Father, but your will to be done. And that is that I may glorify you. And didn't Jesus glorify his father upon that cross? No greater time was the father glorified and his power witnessed than the raising of Christ from the dead. Christ was a man of integrity and he knew his sole purpose on this earth was to glorify his father. And wherever we do life, wherever you do life in your marketplace, there's only one purpose that we have and that's to glorify your father. I love Stuart Little. Have we all heard of Stuart Little, the great British sprinter? Probably you know him more commonly from the movie Chariots of Fire. There's a story that I love of him. He was a great British runner, as we know. He trained for months for the 100 meters in 1924 for the Paris Olympics, and he was tipped to win. Being a Christian, he thought that this would dishonor God to race. When he found out the heats for this were run on a Sunday and he refused to enter. This was Stuart Little's personal conviction in his relationship and journey with God, his personal conviction that he would not run on a Sunday. Now that's saying that's not a rule for us all because as we know the Sabbath is to serve man and man isn't to serve the Sabbath. But this was his personal conviction and you may have personal convictions in your life that others around you think is okay. or whatever it might be but you live integrity integrity to your father which he's spoken in your heart but obviously the final authority and integrity is the word of God but on your unique journey he will have a personal convictions for you that is unique to your journey and unique to where you are Stuart Little here had his unique conviction with God he didn't want to run on a Sunday he wanted to honour that and honour God for him unique in his journey some praised him and some called him a fool. He also withdrew from the 4x100 relay and also the 4 by 400 relays. Because he was such a great runner, they asked him to run the 400 meters. He trained for this and discovered he was a natural. He went on to win and set a new world record. He pulled out of every event that he knew was going to be played on a Sunday, ran on a Sunday. And he went for the 400 meters that was to be not run on a Sunday and he was honoured, and he run gold and broke the world record. But the point I want to make in this is this. It's not that it's wrong or right to train on the Sabbath, but a man under considerable pressure and open scrutiny was a man who did not waver or compromise in any way. You can imagine the training he must have gone through. You can imagine openly the criticism that he must have faced. But he stood upright and tall in his convictions, and he said no. He was a man of conviction, and he lived according to his unique relationship with God. He was regarded as a great athlete and a man of utmost integrity. It was said that his speed on a track was a mere extension of his life, its force, a true man of principle and a true athlete. The man's integrity was so marveled that they made the famous movie, Chariots of Fire, as we know, about his life. You see, we're called to bring glory to the Father and we're called to a life of integrity. Not our will, but his will to be done. We see Jesus when he was 12 years old, just setting the foundations now. He was about the Father's business. He was 12 years old. He, he, he wasn't with his parents. And they were looking for him. He, they were lost. He was looking at him for a couple days. Eventually, when they found him in the synagogue, He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And it says there the next couple verses later, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus was solely, had a sole purpose, to glorify his father, and he seeked him in everything he did. He didn't care about the external natural things. He only cared solely about glorifying the father. And there he was in the synagogue. Shocked that his parents would be asking, where else do you think I'll be? I'm here to glorify my Father. And you see that he increased in wisdom and stature in favor, not only with God, but with man also. And it's our desire, as we grow in maturity with Christ, as we continuously seek his glory and seek his face, that we shall grow to be men and women of stature and of integrity everywhere we take the presence and the spirit of God around us, with its ultimate purpose, and that's to glorify the Father. Psalm fifteen, one to two says, "Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart." We are called to be salt and light in the world and bring glory to the Father. You know, the darker, the darkness that you are in, rejoice it's the greater opportunity for the Christ light to shine through you in that fallen world and bring glory to his name and the key to this life of integrity is to anchor, to be anchored to the source of power and strength in your life to achieve this life of integrity to do this with the greater purpose on the forefronts of our mind bringing glory to his name you see with the Spirit of Christ that lives in us here in this fallen world. We are in the world, but we are not of this world. We are renewed, our hearts turned around, and our spirits alight to the things of Christ. We are His here on this earth. And whenever we take this Spirit and the power of God, we must remember John 15:5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So we're rooted and grounded. Wherever we take ourselves, we are always rooted and grounded in the Father. He who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. This is our sole place that resonates with the Father. And we take this everywhere we go, anchored solely to him, the source of our power, the source of our strength, the source of men and women to be of integrity. And we take this presence, we take it, we are called aliens in this world. We take it into our working environments, we take it into our lives. We do not get impacted by the world around us that is always trying to draw us and pull us into our flesh and out of our source of provision, which is divine, which is the spirit of the living God. James 4.4 says, friendship of the world is enmity against God. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. We're not to be anchored in the things of the world, but we're anchored into God. And it's from that source of power and provision that we then take that spirit and life into the marketplace, into where you do life. And there the light may shine and everywhere you go in your unique relationship you are anchored to the father anchor your soul to him and your minds renewed to him and may his glory shine through you here that we can bring glory to the father psalm 41 11 and 12 by this i know that you are well pleased with me because my enemies do not triumph over me as for me you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever he will cause your enemies not to triumph over you. He will cause, when you're rooted to Him, for that world system and that darkness not to triumph over you. But the key is to stay rooted and grounded in Him. It's 100% focus on Him with no compromise. This is the source of your strength to be all Christ has called you to be in your marketplace and to live a life of integrity and power. This is our source of victory, and we must work upright in it for our light to shine. And bring glory to the Father. To much has been given, much is expected of us. The world will always try to pour you into your flesh and make you lose sight of the bigger picture of what we're called to do to bring glory to the Father. And in that, lose our source of power and that witness that we have in our worlds. Our natural desires are always screaming out for ambition, Elevating and promoting ourselves for promotion above our workplace, to rise to the top, to be seen, to want more and hoard greed for the human needs of which are perfectly normal of belonging and fellowship. And we fall into the trap if we desire these things more than we desire the things of the God to then step into human ways of elevating ourselves and getting to the top, through cheating, through backstabbing, through gossiping, whatever it might be. You know what happens in the workplace, but we're not called to be those people. He says in the word, separate ourselves. We're to separate ourselves and not be influenced by all that that is going on in and around us. But our natural desires through our fallen flesh, if we're not attuned to God, will always, always, always be pulling and pulling and pulling, pulling us out of our vine and source of strength and into that darkness to become a part of it and lose our witness and credibility. And there we again get the label of hypocrites. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five: The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man is a snare. That fear of, being, of not being accepted of not mixing in, of not getting the promotion, of the hurt when somebody else gets elevated above you. The Lord is the one who promotes. When you remain steadfast in him, he will get you to where you need to be. You just live a whole and integral life to him, and that's your source of power, and that's your source of authority. We reap what we sow in the marketplace If we begin getting drawn into the ways of the world, you'll have to grapple with the ways of the world. Whatever you build in your flesh through the ways of the world, you'll have to maintain in your flesh. And it becomes a perpetual cycle of having to live that way, which is tiring. What the Lord builds, the Lord will sustain. What we build, we will have to sustain. And that's hard work. That is human effort, and it's tiring and eventually you're building your life on the sand, and it will crumble under the pressure. He is your source of strength. What are some of the temptations that will keep continuously try to draw us in? If we lose sight of the bigger picture, if we lose sight of really what our life is all about to bring glory to the Father, if we lose sight of the real purpose and plans of God in the heavenlies here on this earth, then we will begin to be mixed and uh, and influenced by everything that is around us. Dishonesty. We'll end up concealing mistakes, manipulating situations for our own selfish gain. Our eyes will be off God and we'll be led by the world. For that spirit of mammon to begin taking root in our lives, it will begin to have us to to potentially fiddle our expenses, to go clawing after the things of money instead of the things of God. We could do the small things of forgetting that God is the one who ultimately positions us. God is our ultimate employer. And we spend more time on the Facebook or on the YouTubes and things, during the work time, forgetting that it's all work unto the Lord and not unto man. See the fear of a man is a snare and when we lose sight of the big picture we drift away and off course. We lose our witness very importantly in the marketplace and we disconnect ourselves from that source of power. We sow to the flesh, we will reap to the flesh. We've got to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Colossians 3, 23 says whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As for the Lord and not human masters. Every day, meditating upon His Word, reminding yourself who you are, ever being mindful of His presence and the glory which you take around you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, living in you, walking with you. God is your provider. God is your sustainer. You take that everywhere you go. It's not through human effort. It's as for and for the Lord. Proverbs 10.9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Eventually, everything will come to the light. God will surface everything into the light. Darkness cannot hide. It will be manifested at some time or another. We've got to live an open, transparent life of integrity everywhere we go so our witness and our sole purpose of glorying the Father does not become hindered. Yes, we will make mistakes. We are not perfect but in those mistakes if we can still yet but be transparent and just open up and own up to our errors, reimburse where we've taken some money and give back, honestly. We can always make right and realign ourselves to God but you'd rather you own up before God surfaces everything and brings it into the light and brings shame upon us. Everything will come into the light. Our integrity is so important before the Lord. Psalm 75, 6 and 7, promotion comes from the Lord. You don't have to grapple in your own ability, in your own strength like the world does because you've got something so far greater inside you. He will achieve things above and beyond all your dreams and desires. He'll take you to places you never thought possible. Anchor yourself to him. Trust in him. Don't go into human effort or endeavors. We have to keep everything in the light. We've got to be transparent in our workplace and our marketplace. We have got to be above reproach. What about Jacob? A great example of this, reaping what you sow, not living a whole life of integrity, He was a grandson of Abraham, a slippery character, full of trickery and full of deception. Genesis 25 speaks of that. He extorted his brother out of his own birthright. He deceived his way into receiving his older brother's blessing. And ultimately, he reaped what he sold, he sowed. Then, with his uncle Laban, he tricked him into seven years of labor for his daughter. And then tricked him for another seven It was a perpetual cycle of deception, of manipulation, of human endeavor, trying to attain the things of God other than through our only source of attaining the things of God, which is through Christ and through the ways of God. All this trickery created such tension and dysfunction throughout the family, all because of selfish desires and making things happen in their own strength and their own ability. Man making things happen. We've got to let go and we've just got to trust in God and let go. That is the fight of faith. That is the real battle. That's the abundant life. Living in wholeness and dependence on your father and through that relationship with him. He will manifest things in your life that you never thought possible when you solely depend on him. Deception begets deception. Deception. James three sixteen to 18 For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. I was a Christian man. I was pressing into the things of God. I loved God with all my heart and I desired nothing more than to be rooted and grounded in Him. To hear His voice for my life to see him move in my life, to achieve all what I believe he'd spoken in my heart to achieve. And God placed me in one of the darkest environments that I could imagine being in. I was in a specialist area of the military. I went in as an on-fire Christian. And I had to depend 100% on the things of God. 100%. There could be no compromise. There could be no gray area. There could be no one foot in, one foot out because you'd be ripped in half and ripped to pieces with the level of darkness that was in that world. Every day, even before I'd go to work, I'd have to rise up two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it would take, just to get on my knees and pray, just to get on my knees and worship, just to get on my knees and renew my mind to the things of the world, lest I dare compromise and lose my witness as a Christian. I was the only Christian in that environment at the time. It was horrible. It was dark. You were isolated. You were ostracized. Nobody wanted to go out with a Christian who didn't drink, who didn't go clubbing, who didn't go to the strip bars, who didn't do all the things that they were doing. It was hard work. On your own, on many occasions, when they go off partying, having to stay in your room, just reading and drinking from the word of God separate yourself from it yes I tried to be the light in there I tried my hardest to be a good ambassador of Christ to work hard I made mistakes I wasn't perfect all the time I lost my temper with the men on occasions I remember quite firmly uh, telling a gentleman that I disapproved disapproved of the way he was being in a very unchristian manner and I felt bad, I was convicted but I went back and the next day I apologized and said, listen, I'm a Christian man. And the way I spoke to you yesterday was not acceptable. A Christian should never behave like that. I want you to know that Christians should not behave like that. I'm not perfect and I've made a mistake. He was shocked that I'd come to apologize. And I'd build a good relationship with him. And I think that's an element of trying to be transparent and open. Making, owning up to situations what you've done wrong. I was out one night, one of our men unfortunately had been killed in battle, and we came back and we are all in a bar, and it was a toast to him, a celebration of his life. And I made a conviction, just like Stuart Little made a conviction in his own personal relationship with God, this is my own personal relationship with God, and this isn't a rule to Christianity in any way, shape or form, there's nothing wrong with what I decided not to do. But I decided in that organization I was not going to drink alcohol. Because what they saw you do in moderation, they do excess. I couldn't compromise anywhere. Any leverage room that they'd got to try and trip you up, to try and deceive you, to try and lose your witness in that place as a Christian, wanting you to fail because your life convicts them. When they come in and they openly share that they've been having an affair with their wives or with their or cheating on their girlfriends, and you don't commune with that conversation. And when you turn your back and walk away and show your disapproval for that behavior, not in a religious way, but just that you don't want to partake in that, you don't want to laugh and joke on those things, it's not appropriate. They don't like it because it convicts them. And so, in that, they get inside antagonistic. They want to blow your candles out to make themselves appear brighter. They want to cut your legs off to bring you down to the height that they are so it makes them feel better about themselves. A lot of the times, do you know, if you get a stone and you throw it into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps the loudest is usually the one that the light is convicting the most or which the light that's radiating through you is speaking the most to. And some of them really kicked back But they are the men. They're the people that sometimes you want to probe and look into the hardest. Because they're the ones that the light is hitting and shining the most. They try to trip you up. They try and deceive you. They don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to live that life. Because deep down, I believe, in every single person's life, they want to live a life of integrity. There was a member of the Commonwealth there, a Fijian man, who was a phenomenal soldier. Reputation of a warrior. They called him the warrior. He called himself a warrior. He was faithful to his wife. He wouldn't dream of cheating on his wife. He didn't drink himself. He'd walk around and he climbed himself to be a warrior. And he was a very, very gifted soldier. And all the men respected him because he was a warrior. Because he didn't cheat on his wife. Because he was a tremendous soldier. But the moment you put Christianity onto that, And you say, I'm a Christian and I don't do X, Y, and Z. They straight away push it away. Because deep down there's a spirit in that. They don't mind if you're attaining the things and getting reputation through natural means. But it's when you're attaining it from the true source of power. That if you get connected to and live that life and connect yourself to that true power. Then you may be able to start reflecting and living a life that reflects Christ's glory. That's what the enemy doesn't want. The enemy of you will have everybody living in the life that people want to live, as long as it isn't in the name of Jesus or reflects Christ in any good form. It was hard work. We're in middle ground. So we're in this bar. Our colleague had passed away. We were going to have a toast in memory of him. And I made a conviction to myself that I wasn't going to drink. But I was caught. I was felt like the Pharisees trying to test me. What do I do in this situation? Do I take the drink and dishonor the man who's passed away and offend all of our friends and former colleagues? Or do I forget the conviction I made and do I, take, do I not take the drink? I prayed hard at that point. And to me, I made the decision. I think it's better here in this situation to show the love of Christ to take the drink and be and honor our colleague who had died I believe at that point that's the decision I had to make and that's the decision I made I took the drink all eyes were looking at me what is Chris going to do is he going to take the drink is he not going to take the drink I took the drink in memory of Mike. And then they came up to me and said, Chris, we really appreciate that. Thanks very much. We really appreciate that. I said, Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's for Mike. I believe it's the right thing to do. And they appreciated that. And then one of them came over and said, Chris, time for another drink now. <laughs> and I said, Oh, do you know? I think I've stated enough times that I don't drink. And he went, well, you do drink, Chris, because I've just seen you have a drink. (laughs) And I went, I appreciate I just had that one drink in memory of mine, but I don't drink. No, I'm not having another drink. But Chris, you do drink because you've just had a drink. Now we'll get you another drink in. What is it? Pint? Carlsberg? Guinness? What is it? No, no, I'm good, thanks, mate. Orange Orange and lemonade would be fine, thank you. No, no, Chris, come on, have a beer with the men. No, thanks, I don't drink. Well, you do drinks, so I've just seen you drink. I don't drink. And this went on. You could see him getting frustrated and irritated. Why can't you just have one drink with us? So I just, I just choose not to. I don't want to drink. I wanted to take the drink to, to celebrate Mike, but no, not anymore, thank you. And then we are in a circle. They call it the ring of steel, the circle of trust. All the men sit around with their hands in their pocket with a pint glass, and nobody is allowed into that circle. I'm stood there with my orange juice and lemonade, and the rest of the boys have stood there with their pints. And they were still goading me, this one individual. Chris, why don't you have a drink? Just have a drink. I said, listen, I've told you I don't drink. Final. Are you here to socialize with me or the contents of my glass? I'm not having another drink. One of the men then looked at me. He walked and broke the circle of trust. He walked across. He shook my hand, looked me in the eyes. He said, do you know what, Chris? I respect that. And I won't repeat the four-letter word he used then. But something broke. He was quite an influential man in that group. And something broke in him. And he said, I respect that, Chris. I respect that. And I think what they appreciated is somebody just sticking up to what they believed in. They understood the bigger picture. And I think I built some trust in understanding why I took that drink and what that meant to me to take that drink in memory of our colleague. I think that touched their heart. And I think I did the right thing looking back. But that one moment was significant because he was an influential man in the group. And they all saw that and they all began to back off. There's no middle ground in that environment. It was a dark, dark world. I had to anchor my soul to him every single day and try and be the light of Christ in that world. It was like being a burning fire, stirring your fire up and then jumping into a freezer every single day eventually the coldness would try and dwindle and put out your flames. I'd try and, often as I can, run away, pray, build my fire back up, get me strong again, that I made, made strong. But I felt like an alien. I felt like a fish out of water. I felt I just do not belong here. And I felt the words of the Lord say to me, Chris, I have set you apart. If you did mix in in this world, there would be something wrong. I have set you apart. And it wasn't, I tried to to, to be a a good man, I tried to be a good soldier, and many times I made mistakes, and there were so many other gifted soldiers there, but I tried every day to do my best. And when I did fail, I put my hands up and I tried to own up to it straight away. We can't look to the natural. We have to live fully and wholly in trusting God. There was times when they where where I decided not to do the things that they were doing and people didn't like it as I said they wanted to fail me on certain courses one time the instructor was so was was so angry with me because I wouldn't go out and do the things that they were doing that he tried to fail me for a course I put a he said to me I'm sorry I'm not gonna pass you this course you're gonna have to go back and do it again nobody had ever failed this course before ever And I said, I'm sorry, I disagree with that. And he said, well, that's the way it is. I said, okay, well, listen, um, I want to speak to the next level up, please. I don't agree with your decision here, and I think this is personal now. Went away, spoke to the commander officer above that. They had a big meeting, came back, I got called in the office, said, Chris, listen, you've passed the course. No problem. But in between that, I went away and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I said, God, help me, please. I know that this is not right. I know this is a personal thing. And he's against me being a Christian in their specialist world where Christians shouldn't be. I know this is personal. Help me, Lord. Redeem me, I pray. Bring me through this situation. I read, read, rang my prayer partner. said, please, just pray right now. When I went back to the meeting, that's when I got the news. No, it's fine, Chris. You're going through. God will get you through in your place. Don't depend on man. The man is a snare. Hold tightly to God. Don't look and live to what you can see in the natural, but live according to the spiritual and the supernatural. God is your promoter. The fear of man is a snare. Just turn with me to Proverbs 2, 6-8. to We've got to live a life of integrity. We've got to shine the light of Christ everywhere we go. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand. Righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. He guards the path of the justice. When you're with, walking in right standing with God, following his ways, not compromising, he guards the paths of the righteous. Living a life of transparency in your workplace will create its own rewards for you. Promotion will come unto the Lord. You just walk in the light and truth and let God fight your battles for you. He will get you where you need to be and make that crooked path straight. The other great thing about being a witness in your marketplace that I experienced as an only Christian, it was lonely times for me. It was, my, it was my time in the wilderness where God taught me much. It took me about two years to really begin to gain momentum and build relationship and be accepted in that place for who I was. Eventually, who I was became my identity. I was named Chris the Christian. Everyone just knew I was Chris the Christian. and It has its own rewards, trying to live that life integrity. Eventually, when you just keep living that life and living their life, they respect you deep down for at least sticking to your guns. They want you to compromise, but the moment you do, In the natural, you think it's the best thing to do, but it's not long-term because they will dislike you and disapprove of you even more because you didn't stand up to what you believed. You showed weakness and you showed cowardice. And men and women in that world right now want to see men and women of integrity. They want to see men and women who are upright, who they're yes yes be yes and no be no. There's too much corruption. People are tired of it. Will somebody just rise up and do the right thing before God. That's what they're wanting. Men and women of integrity. Joseph, I don't think, will be a, a greater example of that, would he? And we'll look into that a little bit more shortly now. But being a light in your world. You can be a light and a pillar of strength for other Christians in your world. Those who may be a little bit weaker than yourself. Who are still shy of coming out. But the moment you stand strong and be that pillar of strength. People will come to you. I was walking down the main drag of our camp in my uniform, in my berry, going to the offices to do some work. As I walked down, a man came running over to my left-hand side. Big man, six foot three, big, strong Irishman. Came over in a strong Irish accent. I will not copy the accent. (laughs) He said, excuse me, excuse me. Are you Chris? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm Chris. Shook his hand, hey, what can, I, what can I do for you? He said, I've been looking for you for so long. So long. About six months ago, he said, I was away on a course, and I was in the canteen area, and I heard some men talking on the, on the table from another squadron, and they were saying, have you heard that there's a Christian in our camp? Have you heard Yeah, apparently he really believes in Jesus and he doesn't go out drinking and all this. Have you heard about that Christian? And he picked his ears up and he went, ah, Christian. He was a Christian, just giving his life to God, struggling of coming out and finding security in his identity. He said, I'm so pleased to meet you. I desire the things of God so much, but I'm feeling weak in this world. Can we pray together at times? Will you help me? I said, of course I will. Let's meet up. And he used to come to my room sometimes at 12 o'clock at night not, not, knock, not, Chris, can we pray? yes, ok For we became good friends and I tried to, to be, a, be, a, be, a, be, a, be a strength to him but you can be a pillar of strength you can be the light in that world how do you know how many other Christians are not wanting to step up to the plate because of the fear of man but you're not that person you're a people of courage you're people of integrity you'll rise up in wisdom We've got to have wisdom in these things. We're there to love them and reflect Christ to them and to win them, not to ostracize ourselves. He says, we are set apart. Yes, we are. We're set apart to root ourselves in Christ, the source of our power, to then ultimately go in and be the salt and light. We're not monks. We're called to go into the battlefield. We're called to go into the marketplace and be that light. But here, we get strengthened. Around your cell groups, you get strengthened, and you've got that accountability. You've got that fellowship. You've got that unity, and then you can go out and be the salt and light in your world. Joseph, the early stages of life, he didn't so much lack integrity, but potentially did li- uh, lack a little bit of tact, didn't he? He was sold into slavery. His life was was slavery, but when he's sold into slavery, his environment. As a slave, it made him humble. God humbled him. And he grew deeper into maturity and a life of integrity before God. In Genesis 39, 3, uh, 39, 3-9, his master saw his diligence, hard work, and he saw that the Lord was with him. The Lord made all that he did to succeed and flourish in his hand. Joseph was learning just to stay true and steadfast to God in an alien world. He was a slave. He was in Egypt, a type and shadow of the world. But he had the Spirit of God living in him. And he was a man who would not compromise. He was a man of integrity. You know, to go up in the kingdom is against the principles of the world. The world says to go up, just keep going up. Christianity says to go up you must first come down. Narrow is the path that leads to glory, but wide is the path that leads to destruction. We must take that narrow path. To go up, we must first come down. Humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. He looks upon those who are poor in spirit and with a contrite heart. The Lord, he promoted Joseph. And when you're steadfast in Christ, living the life of him, walking in the righteousness that he purposed for you, not perfect, but every day doing your utmost to walk in his victory and glory. It's him that shall promote you. Promotion cometh from the Lord. The Lord promoted jo- Joseph in, in, a, in a world of slavery. He stood strong. He didn't compromise. Would it have been easy to go into the flesh and could have just have inside himself to do so? With Potiphar's wife, didn't he? Nobody else would have known he was there. But no, he stood strong. And he said, No. And he ran out and turned away. Little tests that God are allowing him to go through to strengthen him and to position him. To rise him up to be all that he was calling him to be. Ultimately, the Prime Minister of Egypt. Seated, that's the equivalent of having almost David Cameron as a spirit-filled, powerful Christian living in the fullness That's the equivalent of what Joseph was. How powerful that is for a nation. I spoke to you before about a man that walked across a circle to me and shook my hand and said, I respect that. Four-letter word. It was Christmas Eve. It was just before midnight. I remember it clearly and he began to ring me on my phone and I thought, oh, he's out drunk, it's Christmas Eve, He's wants to, I don't know what he might have wanted, but I just looked at the phone and I answered it. There was complete silence on the end of the phone and I said, I won't say his name, Bob, 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 how are you doing? Bob? Complete silence. For about a minute now, complete silence. But I knew somebody was on the end of the phone. Eventually, I heard him able to say a few words. He said, Chris, bear with me. I could tell he was crying. I said, no problem, Bob. Take your time. Take your time, mate. Take your time. Eventually, he plucked up the he got the breath he plucked up the ability to talk and he said Chris my dad has just died please tell me where he is and my heart just sunk and he just sobbed and he sobbed and he sobbed and he sobbed what touched me about this was I was able to share Christ with him down the phone I was able to pray for him. When I got back into work after Christmas holidays, we went for a drink together. I was able to help him, to do my best to to give him the answers that he needed, but most importantly, just be there and understand. He appreciated that, and I'm still in contact with him to this day, and we became very close friends. He then... Um, appreciated everything I did for him but what I discovered what touched my heart above everything else at that time is you might not be the first person to be asked to go out for a social event you might not be the most popular person in compared to all the others who go out partying or, or go out and do their gambling or go out and do all the other things of the world that we know the people do But I tell you what if you stay in integrity if you stay rooted and grounded in God where you do life you may not be the first person they call for those things but when their world goes bellies up where their world goes pear shaped they want a strong rock to hold on to they want a person who they believe has got the answers and they give you a call. Nothing touched me more And believe God blessed me by showing to me, keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. It was priceless for me to get that call that night. We've got to live a life of integrity. Because God wants to use you where you are. He wants to bring glory to his name through you in your workplace. Let's look at John 17. We began with John 17 at the beginning with Jesus' aim. To bring glory to his name. There's three different people Jesus prays for in that John 17 intercessory prayer. One is for himself, one is for his disciples, and the final one is for us. And he says these words when he's praying for the believers I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be as one as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you, and and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. This is an extension before Jesus ascends. His desire is that you and I may bring glory to the Father. Jesus is in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father. We by faith are positioned there but we are here down on this earth with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us that we may go into our worlds and be that salt and light. And that's the power and the importance of what Colin and Bruce have put in place here at Kenston Temple in the Giants. The Giants is a program for you where you do life. The 12 areas of society, key areas of society, media, arts, politics, government, education, health, Thought, philosophy, 12 of them. There's something there for everybody where you can be a part of, where you can fellowship and network with other people, where you do life, where you can share your passion and heart for where where your marketplace ministry is. You can be empowered by another, you can be equipped by one another, you can be educated, be put on seminars for you. There's forums for you to attend. It's there that you can get your source of strength. You don't have to be alone like I was alone, stuck with God. God used it. But I tell you, that is an environment for you to flourish and be empowered. And that fellowship and that networking that you so miss, you can attain it there in a Christian environment so you can empower and equip one another to then go be even more powerful in your world and be that salt and light. The world craves genuine women and men of God to be the salt for him. Our primary purpose is to glorify his name. We must walk in integrity and uprightness. Proverbs two twenty twenty one. 21. So you will walk in the ways of God, men, and keep the paths of the righteous, for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. We've got to be blameless in that world. Take the power of the living Christ in you and fulfill your mission. Fulfill your mandate. Go into the world. Be salt and light. Bring glory to the Father's of name. Each and every one of us are ambassadors for his kingdom and there's no greater honor. Let's stand to our feet, Kenston Temple. And let's just bow our eyes Bow our heads and close our eyes 1 Kings 9 3-5 to says And the Lord said to him I have heard your prayer and your supplication That you have made before me I have consecrated this house Which you have built To put my name there forever And my eyes and my heart Will be there perpetually Now if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness do to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your God over Israel forever. As I promised David, your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Integrity will have its own reward for you in your life. Bring glory to His name. Heavenly Father, I thank You for each and every person here. I thank You for the power of the Spirit of God that lives in each and every one of us. I thank You, Father, that that cries out deep within us, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. May we be steadfast in what you've called us to be. May we be a pillar of light and a rock of strength in our marketplace, where you have uniquely positioned us, Father. May we not look to the things of the natural, but every day may we remember the bigger picture and ultimate purpose of what you've called us to do. Just like you, Lord Jesus, brought glory to your Father by doing his will, may we bring glory to the Father in heaven, as ambassadors of the living God in our worlds, that in turn we may bring glory to you. Father, strengthen each and every person by your spirit in their inner man that they may do this good work and may your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.